At RCR, we're on a mission to revive honest media, to report on critical censored stories, and to hold those in positions of power to account. But to make this happen, RCR needs to grow, and grow fast. For that, we need your support. Our Foundation Members Club is now open. Join us today and play your part in bringing back media you can trust. Learn more at www.realitycheck.radio forward slash members and see how you can join the mission that's making a difference. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Time to welcome in Stephen Sykes again for our Tech Tuesday feature. After all, it is Tuesday morning, so that makes perfect sense here at Reality Check Radio. Stephen, good to see you again. Good morning. How are you doing? Not too bad. And we've got a few things to to get through um, this morning. Yeah. And um, let's start as we kind of always do now with some of the feedback that's come in. What, who have we heard from and what are they saying this week? So um, Adam writes in to say that, uh, hi, guys, I've just come across a new thing. A company called Allpoint is taking over a lot of our ATMs. Interesting to note that it's an Australian company. Well, it's actually not an Australian company. It actually appears to be a U.S. company with headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia, USA. Um, It was actually founded in 2003, and they added Australia to their network in 2010. So they actually operate in a few different countries, um, Mexico, UK, Aussie, uh, Canada, um, and here, and of course, the USA. So um, they are certainly, they are the biggest uh, ATM network uh, in the world um, presently. So um, we talking about all the ATMs that we're, we're used to, like the bank-branded ATMs. Is that what we're talking about? Yes. Yeah. Or, yeah the, uh, the old uh, hole in the wall, as they yeah. get nicknamed. And um, there's also, like, uh, smaller ATMs that you come across as well that seem to be in, um, you know, sort of, uh, uh, you know, quick food stores, that sort of thing, quickie mart type things. Yeah, so, sitting um, in the did, corner. So they're they're taking that over um, here through what branch office in Australia headquartered in America, um, and I mean, who are they taking it over from? Do we know? No, no, I don't know. I don't know a great deal about the company um, at all, except um, it, it is US based um, yep. rather than Australian. Um, I wonder if there's much of a future in ATMs. Maybe for <laughs> for a yes. period going forward. Well, you know, um, maybe they in the future they just won't uh, dish out cash. Maybe. Well, what, what will they dish out? Well, who knows? Uh, it's really hard to predict anything at all, of course, but uh, you could do crypto exchanges perhaps. Ah, right, okay. May, yeah. Maybe um, if um, the horrid CBDCs work out, maybe there's um, exchanging between um one country, CBDC, and another, um, that kind of thing. Yep. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Um, we've got some uh, sharp listeners keeping an eye out on things. Thank you for that. Okay. Yes. Um, carry on. Anything else that we've... Uh, Somebody asked right in about the um, uh, follow-up about what's happening in supermarkets, and that is something that was on my part of my agenda for today. So we'll certainly yep. um, talk a bit more about that again. Okay. Um, 
One one listener um, has written in a couple of times to say that, um, uh, hi, Stephen, I listened to your program Tuesday to find an answer to my question about the withdrawal of copper wire phone systems that will leave us totally dependent on the magic fibre. Your somewhat too high-tech answer left me mid-ear when you said, quote, just get the system going again when the power fails by grabbing a 12-volt battery with some tech bits and bobs and you bobs your uncle. For a start, soldering bits in the darkness, even with a torch and soldering iron, needs power is somewhat impractical for us of lesser knowledge about these matters, especially with myself of later years. Again, please, what are your thoughts about dismantling the copper wire system when it's still working okay? Yeah. Um, firstly, don't leave it to a disaster to decide to do something about a disaster. So um, a lot of people, and I speak uh, from personal experience, when earthquakes turned up, a lot of us weren't prepared at all. Yeah, we had no survival kits. Yep. So um, if you want to get something off the shelf, then I suggest going to get yourself a UPS, an uninterruptible power supply, which often has surge protection. So in the event of a power outage, um, your, your plan B will kick in immediately. And you don't need to worry about constructing anything. They cost money, of course, but it's an off-the-sell off-the-shelf solution that you yep. can you can use for this sort of thing. Now, with regards to dropping the copper lines to fibre, I get where you're coming from, but at the same time, it's um, you know copper had its um, had its day in in my view. Um, I don't think there's anything necessarily sinister about fibre. Personally, um, I know that of course, and we all know that you do require power in order to send data through it. Typically. Um, and that's just a caveat of using fiber um, as it is. All technologies have their ups and downs, and needing a uh, reputable power supply for it is one of those knowns that we can at least mitigate against. I remember that uh, in power cuts uh, back in the day, you know, that uh, the phone system still worked, right? Because, yeah. Because they weren't powered um by your local grid, let's say it, it depended on on what was um, what coming through the exchange was it um, wherever that exchange might have been. But the phone always seemed to work despite the power being off, and that I thought was quite a good thing. Uh, definitely, that that was that was one of the most awesome things um, about it. Yeah. Mm, but okay. It, but it, it's uh, I think it's a, a tragedy of of uh, of progress. I mean. Um, uh, at the same time, it's uh, I have fond memories of older technologies that have gone by, and um, I mean, I have retro computers that I grew up with, yeah. Um, yeah, and I've, I, still, I've still got a few a, of those a, in, in my garage, yes. <laughs> and I'm, atta I'm, I'm attached to them for sentimental reasons, but at the same time, things didn't, didn't move forward, yeah. I wonder how much copper wire has been created. If you laid it all end on end, it'd probably stretch to the end of the solar system. Well, I wouldn't be too surprised because I remember from a video I watched at high school um, a couple a couple of millennia ago that apparently for and this was US terms for every extra pound of fat you had on your body. If you took the blood vessels out of that and connected them together end on end, you could go around the world twice. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Let that sink in. All yeah. right. Um, 
Um, what else? Anything else before we get on to some of the subject uh, headings? So uh, Veronica asks a great question. Um, she says, first of all, I've changed my search engine to Brave, um, which is ad-free and doesn't store history. Cool. Of course, I've set Brave as my default browser, but there are some apps where you have to go in and set Brave as a default, such as Telegram. I watched a... Uh, I watched a Z Media video on Rainer Fulmich. Apologies for the pronunciation. No, that's about right. You got that. Okay. Yep. okay. Earlier on, and she was promoting above phone. I would appreciate you asking your tech his thoughts on this phone. Look forward to his views before spending my money. So basically, okay. it's a de Google phone, and I am aware of it. Um, if you want something off the shelf, um, it'll be fine. In my view, it's expensive. The cheapest phone is 650 bucks, and as far as I can work out, that's US currency. It's based, the cheapest model um, is based on a Google Pixel 6a, and as I've said before, the Google Pixel phones are the easiest uh, to de-Google, as ironic as that sounds. Um, the way I'd approach it would be to, and this would save a truckload of money, would be to simply buy something secondhand here and to get it de-Googled. And we've been through that exercise last year anyway. You were offering that as a service at one point. And I still do. I still get contacts from people, you know, every now and then saying, you know, I I want to do this, help me out. Um, but as I say, if you want something off the shelf, that would be fine to use. Another one is called, oh, boy, Stupid Brain. It's just falling out of my head. Um, I can imagine the website, but again, that's still based upon a de-Googled operating system. Yep. And that's what Above Phone is as well. Um, Bob Braxman has phones as well, and as far as I know, he doesn't have a lot of international units. But again, that's still based upon a de-Googled Pixel phone. All right. I think that uh, guy, Reiner, is in jail now. I think I heard stories about that too, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, a, bit, uh, a bit cloudy as to why exactly why he's there, but, um, yeah, he's kind of disappeared off the scene. Uh, yes. All right. Okay, so that's uh, – and that the name of that phone will, will just pig into your head at some point while we're talking, I guarantee it. So, uh, you're, quite, you're quite right because it's just happened. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's called Clearphone. Right. Okay. Okay, well, that sorts that out. Uh, any more to address before we – I think that, that I think that was about it. But uh, relating to um, someone said they were using Brave as their browser, that's still a good browser to use, absolutely. But if you want to find out just how good the web browser you might be using is, you could go to a simple website called privacytests.org. Right. And, okay. And this is a website that is updated um, periodically. Um, which lists uh, Brave, Chrome, Microsoft Edge, Firefox, LibreWolf, which is a hardened version of Firefox, Mulvad. Um, they do a VPN, which I like to use, and a browser of their own. There's Oprah, there's Apple Safari, there's Tor Browser, um, there's an ungoogled Chromium, and there's Vivaldi. And Gee. on that on that page, uh, privacytests.org, there's a whole long list of different tests they put all these browsers to and they do it on desktop phone uh sorry a desktop laptop and uh phone as well and they also do um uh the incognito modes to see how well they yep. uh, perform as well and you might be disappointed to find out that 
certain incognito modes aren't terribly private. As advertised, not as advertised. Not as not as advertised. Um, the executive summary of looking at this, and, and you'll see a whole bunch of ticks and crosses and things on it for the tests that have passed and failed. If you're using the Brave browser, great, keep doing so. If you want to, you could alternatively use um, LibreWolf over Firefox. Firefox is good, but it does fail some of the privacy tests. And Mulvad, which is another one I use as well, because I use um, three. I use Brave, LibreWolf, and Mulvad. Um, so they are good choices. Um, try and avoid the problem I get when I use three browsers on multiple devices and I can't think which tab. I stuck the yeah, thing on that I was reading um, because I never synchronize the tabs to a centralized point. So they're all um, uh, yeah. local to the device. But if you're, if you're using anything that starts with uh, G and ends in Google or starts with micro and ends in soft, um, yep. don't just kick that one to the curb. Like for for example, the they've got tracking query parameter tests, and there's a whole bunch of tests they list. And when you look at it, like you go, well, you know, what the hell is that? I don't understand it. Um, just look at the crosses, and for every single test for the tracker query parameter tests, the content blocking tests, um, Chrome fails, Edge fails, Firefox fails, Opera fails and Safari fails on every single one. So they're all the mainstream ones and they all fail. Yep, they all suck. Yeah, okay. <laughs> wasn't going to use that word, but basically that's what it boils down to. Well, I didn't want to get too technical, but so, you know, suck. Yeah. I it think sucks. you mentioned Microsoft there. I think they've just uh, just become worth $4 trillion now. Oh, they're not worth anything to me. But, I mean, that's, that's I mean, they're, they're literally more valuable than, than our country. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Okay, um, um, what next? What next? So, well, we've heard for a while that various billionaires are scurrying away at building the end of the world bunker to prepare, prepare for the event. Well, now Google has gotten on uh, the act as well, and they have released a policy which applies this month to their um, advertisers, it affects their inappropriate content policy, oh, and yeah. it, they call it for its sensitive events. And if you're thinking like what I'm thinking, first thing that pops in your mind is a photograph of you holding a kitten and it's nuzzling in between your shoulder and your neck. Well, no, that's not a sensitive event. It might be a sensitive moment, but that's not what they mean. What do so, they mean? What do they mean? Well, their definition is, that it is an unforeseen event or development that creates significant risk to Google's ability to provide high quality, relevant information and ground truth and reduce insensitive or exploitative content in prominent and monetized features. During a sensitive event, we may take a variety of actions to address these risks. Examples include events with significant social, cultural or political impact such as civil emergencies, natural disasters, and I'll pause for the next one, public health emergencies, uh -huh. terrorism and related activities, conflict or mass acts of violence. A non-exhaustive, and I'm exhausted reading it, a non-exhaustive list includes products of services that exploit, dismiss, or condone this sensitive event, including price gouging. 
Oh dear. So yeah. So sense sensitive. The word sensitive. Boy, just trying to get to the the actual meaning of that here. You know what? What? It, well, you, you know what big events happening this year, don't you? Well, the U.S. Presidential, presidential election. Election. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Also, possibly um, Ukraine gets destroyed in a war. That's another thing. Um, yeah. What else? Disease X. Oh, disease X. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what are they sort of getting the 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 chess pieces in the right order on the board ready to go? That's what it feels like. Like, well, what do they know that? We have yet to know, or is this going to be another one of those scenarios where the conspiracy theorists will go, see, I told you so, and now it's happened? The thing about Google, though, wasn't it their positioning statement early on, do no evil? That was their original mantra, yeah. but that has um, that has dissipated a long time ago. Yeah, because, uh, and we have saw that particularly in recent times, because yeah. they have... Uh, censored and banned um, uh, content and, and people who turned out to be totally correct. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of people on, on YouTube have uh, been kicked off because of certain things that um, yep. were totally illegitimate and then they got kicked off anyway, which has kind of annoyed and angered a lot of people as well. So, um, and fine, they'll just go elsewhere. You, you could argue, though, that that was inevitable because when you get to the scale of something like Google and its ability to direct people in particular ways and then flowing on from that, how, how to think or opinions to take on things and, you know, and, and what people have in front of them in the search order and all of that, that there was a, eventually you're on a collision course with something. Yeah, yeah. And you have to bend or compromise or weave your way through that if you're to maintain your position and the wealth. Well, if you think about it, Google is effectively a very glorified advertising company. That's where they've made lots of their money from. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think how many billions of dollars I read that they made in the first quarter of 2022. It was like billions of dollars. It's mind-blowing. It is crazy money, crazy yeah. amounts. Oh, and... Um, Speaking of that, quickly, you might not have given any thought to this, and and we didn't uh, talk about it when we we're, we're thinking about what we could talk about on this episode this week, and that is the um, story in the US where um, a couple of journalists are saying that um, the FBI were searching Mar-a-Lago because they're looking for a binder which had raw detail or, or data in it that showed that the CIA uh, and FBI, um, but mainly CIA, and the Five Eyes partners, including New Zealand, were colluding to spy on Trump-associated people, entities around the world in the run-up to that 2016 campaign, including New Zealand. And remember, John Key resigned all of a sudden, mm -hmm. and no one knew why he went, because he could have won that election. And, yeah. and that was at about the time Clapper, James Clapper, came to visit, right? And I remember... I'm seeing that aircraft because, you know, the U.S. Um, Air Force Two 757s will carry the dignitaries around the Pacific. That was here for that. I remember that. So, you know, we're um, <laughs> we're in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, none of it should really surprise you anymore, should it? No, but little old NZ, eh? Little old NZ. 
Yeah, uh, I don't know why they picked us, but yeah. Well, we obviously can listen to to, to people, and uh, but to agree to do that. Yeah, hello. well, I mean, I mean, in in many ways, even though we're down the bottom of the planet, um, we're in a very good strategic place physically. Yeah. Because we're up and they're all, they're all asleep. Is it? <laughs> I give it <laughs> no. to the Kiwis. It says two in the morning here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we we get things done. But it's lunchtime there that they're up and doing things. Okay, all right. What next? Power companies in Australia. Yeah. So back in uh, 2019, ABC News um, reported that um, um, certain apartments and other places um, were being fitted with something called Peak Smart Technology, and this allows the electricity network company to send a signal that turns your air conditioning down for a short while uh, when there's peak demand going on if the network is is feeling the strain. Um, and customers get uh, a kickback, a financial incentive in order to sign up for, for this. Um, at the time, it was reported to be installed in around 100,000 households. Um, and this was in uh, Queensland. Yep. Um, so that was something that they were introducing, and you think, okay, well, you know, um, let's see how this goes, giving control over your heat pump when it gets uh, stinking hot. Um, we have bad. penetrated the heat pump. We have. And then, like, well, nothing bad could really happen, could it? Next oh, yeah. minute. Yeah. yeah. Um, last month, um, Energex remotely sh- cuts power to 170,000 air conditioners. And they did it six times in a month. Okay, so um, presumably if you've got it on and it's really hot, you're going to notice that. Um, And that saves them having to – well, that's an easy way to manage the delivery of your power. You're you're basically putting it on everyone else. Not only that, it also smells like, well, let's not bother to – address our power network capacity. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like saying, well, let's not maintain the roads. Let's just reduce the speed everywhere. Or, or take it down to one lane. Or take it down to one lane. Um, yeah, and everybody can give way to each other in a sort of like archaic way. Yes. So the, these cash rebates that customers got um, were up to $400, which, you know, is – pretty sizable carrot but at the same time if you are going to have your um heat pump or anything else i mean why why stop at a heat pump why stop there could be anything so at all does this thing directly communicate then with the device is that how that works yeah you can you can send um signals um uh, over um electricity over power lines yeah so um if you think about it it's almost like uh uh you know, night stores, people would have those in their right. houses yeah, and the power right. company would turn those on at night. Yep. Um, it, it, it's basically like that, but um, this is not something I'd be wanting to give control over because, and you don't always notice in the case of the heat pump because the fan speed keeps operating what you set ah, it to. I got you, yep. But the compressor duty cycle could be reduced. So it sounds like it's still doing the work, but it's not really. Yes, like, well, hang on, I've set this thing at 18 degrees and it's not feeling like it's... And it's 32. Yeah, and and it's not cooling things down so well. Okay. All right. Gee, 
control. Because I don't, don't get told when it's happening necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, they probably save a lot more or or there's a lot less overhead involved in managing things that way than the little little rebate that you get. Yeah. All right. Um, are we still with supermarkets and cameras? What's going on? Oh, boy, boy. This is, this is one of those topics that just uh, pushes all my buttons simultaneously. Yeah. Like, and it's because, like, you know, when we talked about cameras last year, uh, I made the argument that if you gave up all the technology, right, you, you had no internet, you had no phone, no, no, no cell phone or anything, the moment you walk out your door or you drive into town, there's a camera looking at you. Yep. It, it is right. observing you. It is cataloging you. It is making decisions. And even if those decisions are fairly light at the moment, if we don't stop this now, this will proliferate and get worse. It is already. Worse, I talked I talk, I talk to a candidate um, on Friday in the um, uh, Hamilton City Council Eastern Ward by-election yep. that's been made vacant. And he was telling us, that already they've started putting the number plate recognition cameras in Hamilton CBD. And it gives real-time data to police on who's in town. Yep. So it's not just, oh, let's look up on the record and see if that person was in the area, if they were suspect or whatever. Oh, no, we can turn on a screen, presumably, and see the identity of everyone who's in the CBD who's driving a car or got a car in there because – those cameras are in, and no one asked anyone if that was if that was something that people would be okay with. So, yeah, it is happening. Like last year, I can't remember when, I think it was earlier in the year, um, by chance I happened to notice a sign that was at um, one of those Z Burger King combo places. It yep. was an A3-sized sign that in simple terms was saying that uh, if you choose to park in this parking lot, you agree to um, having your license plate automatically checked um, with number plate recognition. And I thought, say what? Um, and then I happen to be driving around the city and I see these signs elsewhere. I, I've seen them at um, the Edgeware shops for people who are local to Christchurch and will yep. see that. And they put the signs there, but they're not massive. So most people won't be looking out for this sort of thing. So, like, you park there, but you didn't see it. But it's assumed that because you parked there, you did read it um, yep. and that you're okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, like I say, no one asks if it's all right. They just do it. And then if uh, there's any confronting, you know, um, uh, questions about it, it'll be, well, you know, ram rates. Yeah, well... Um, they've got plans now in the UK to have your face scanned or your fingerprint taken to buy a drink. Yeah, yeah, because ID. When I went to the States last week of January, um, it had been, I think last time I went was 2007, so a bit of a gap. They, I, I had to give, <laughs> I mean, if I wanted to get in, I had to mm. give every fingerprint and a palm print from both hands. Wow, it's like going, yeah. you know, being arrested and 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 you know having your prints taken in a picture with a, you know, in the orange jumpsuit or something like that. I, I thought, I mean, I did it because I wanted to get in. I wasn't prepared mm. for that. I thought, geez, and they got a machine you you put your everything on and takes all the data. But Take that's a retinal scan too. No, 
retinal or rectal? What did you say? <laughs> retinal. No, your your eyes. Though they take Not a picture. The other end. They take a picture of you. Yeah. Um. So that may be that in there. I don't know. I didn't ask about that, but I just thought, well, okay. Why do you need to have that? Well, first of all, why every fingerprint? Okay. Why the palm print? It's it's everything, you know. And it's I I it, it took me back a bit. I got to say, wasn't ready for it. Yeah, it, it is quite a um, an invasive shock. I don't know if we ask for that here coming in. Certainly, as a Kiwi returning, I don't think uh, I got asked anything. The guy just said, "Oh, good night. welcome back." Hey, guys, yeah, um, yeah. After I said I had no bio stuff on me because I seemed to be very concerned about that. Fair enough. But uh, maybe we we take that information from overseas people coming in, not Kiwis. I don't know, but yeah, all right. So the you know they've got all my stuff there. So if you're going to commit a crime, just don't touch it. With you know, don't forget your gloves. No, <laughs> put your gloves on. Yeah, yeah, and cover cover your eyes. Um, yeah, like in 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 reading the uh, report or what um, Walworth spokesperson said about the data collection, they said it was secure, and that only a small team has access. Small team, team. What do they mean by that? Well, our team is well versed in protecting the information we do hold. Access to video footage is strictly controlled and limited to only those who need it. We also ensure that we partner with technology partners who have strict privacy and data controls in place. Well, yeah, sounds like PR spin to me because we've been here before in history. There was the well-known case of ITY journalist Matt Honan, who um, had his... uh, a lot of his data, he had all his data erased off his iPad, his iPhone, all his Apple stuff because um, Apple employees were not following policies and allowed people who tried to, or not try, they succeeded in owning his identity and had his account taken over and everything wiped on it. So, yeah, um, I don't buy that because also the wording... The limit to only those who need it. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, so disease X turns up. The government says, okay, we um, need you to implement the software update. Oh, what's it do? Oh, nothing much. It just um, scans people who have decided to not wear a mask, um, put them on the naughty list, um, and then someone, t- you know, someone will turn up on your doorstep and have a talk to you. You remember uh, the former prime minister made a comment at one point about turning up to people's doors to make sure they um, roll their sleeves up. Little weasel. Yeah. Yeah, that's but- right. Um, boy, that didn't age well, did it? Uh, and you don't know, yeah, the people. What, what's the wording again about the people? Um, how do they word it again? Uh, strictly controlled and limited to only those who need it. They need it. Um, I need it. They, they could be the, the police or the health authorities or whatever. And also, who are these people who need it? And what's their training? Are, are they are they graduated from, you know, parking the shopping trolleys? Uh, I mean, who are they? Exactly. Um, which, which is, um, I mean, I'm partially sympathetic in the fact that they say there's been an increase in, an increase in um, what should we say, violence in supermarkets. But this is, in my view, not the appropriate reaction because I'm... I'm well, it's a, all after the fact anyway, isn't it? it it's all after the fact. Like, well, shouldn't the bigger question be, 
why are people behaving like this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why? Um, it's it, it's like throwing um, it's like trying to bail the bathwater out into the basin when you, what you really need to do is turn off the taps. So why are people behaving like this? And and have a couple of heavies at the door. Yeah, they're often you know, intimidating. A couple of bounces. Because when we did talk about surveillance cameras, uh, Trevor Bradley, who was a senior lecturer at Victoria University, who I referenced said that there was scant evidence that cameras det- deterred crime. It was part of his uh, research. Yeah. Because um, this was reported, uh, was it 2022, I think it was, um, said there was virtually zero evaluation of CCTV from a prime conven- prevention perspective in New Zealand. And overseas research shows that CCTV only deters crime in very specific circumstances, like car parks. Yeah, and and of course they're now um, with their and if you go and park in their car parks, they're then associating your number plate with their their new um, loyalty programming loyalty yep. Yep. loyalty card thing is such a silly name because oh I'm loyal to this supermarket <laughs> and that supermarket and that supermarket. Well, someone's yep. got an odd definition of loyal. Yeah. All right, let's finish up if we've if we're done on that one with uh, personal data via. Fertility apps, really? Yeah, so there's, um, I could go all day about this. Um, your data's being collected a lot by all kinds of data brokers. LexisNexis is the biggest one, and I know it does sound like um, somebody's online gaming persona, but it's not. Um, they collect all kinds of data about you, and it's not always accurate. They even say that LexisNexis may be unable to correct or change world compliance data. And you may need to approach the source of the data to have in the inaccurate data corrected. Data that's oh, collected is not always correct. Wait, yet wait at on. the same time, it's back up the truck. <laughs> so you, you can put a, a data profile out about something or someone. It could be wrong. In fact, it highly likely parts of it will be wrong. But hey, hands up, that's not our problem. So you're actually going to have to go and do the job that you thought we were doing for you again to verify what. We don't know. <laughs> yes. So uh, have you ever been asked by somebody, you know, local company, um, the, the doctor or, or something, you know, can you please check our phone num- um Our records for your phone number and address are accurate. And if you've ever go, well, I don't know where you got that from, it's wrong. And Yeah, and like he- the people who found out they were vaccinated when they weren't. Yeah. And what's really bad about this with these data brokers is that um, – Governments don't need to worry about getting uh, warrants or subpoenas um, because they just go to data data brokers and they buy it. They don't need to do the normal legal course of action to to do this. Interesting, yeah. But if if we focus for um, something that many people might consider benign, and that would be fertility apps. So this is on the back of a report in the – spring edition of Consumer Magazine uh, last year. They covered many fertility apps, um, and I'll list them. Uh, Flow, My Calendar, Pregnancy Plus, Baby Plus, What to Expect, Baby Center, Period Calendar, Glow Fertility, Glow Nature, Eve by Glow, Ovia, um, and I think some others. Ovia keeps your data for seven years, even if you've stopped using it. Um, And... 
these are often used to track menstruation cycles, your moods, and other pregnancy-related information. And many people just simply use these in order to understand their body better, to track, you know, why am I feeling rubbish, and not so much about fertility. You'd think they'd be onto it after a few years. Like, well, oh, I'm feeling rubbish again. Oh, it seems to time with this particular thing. Okay, it must be that. All right, do you really need an app for that? Well, I'm not too sure either you or I are um, sufficiently qualified we, we, to we, judge. We, we can recognize these things, I can tell you. Well, there is that aspect yeah, to I it just, as well. You certainly catch up with that one over the years. But anyway. Yeah. In fact, I feel like a, a bit of a walking app in that sense, just through life experience. Yes, yes. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not judging or passing judgment or thinking I know better by any stretch of the imagination on that. Like a grumpy meter. <laughs> by grumpy meter, yes. But it, it turns out that um, out of the survey Consumer NZ did, 80% of the respondents in the, um, the questionnaire they did, did, people didn't read privacy policies. Of course, no. And uh, one of the privacy policies was nearly 10,000 words, and a lot of people just thought, well, the information it's collecting is only interesting to me and no one else. Well, that's not the case. Because no, because what can you glean from that data? Well, there was um, the infamous story of when was this? I'm going to guess 2014 or thereabouts. There was a scenario, this actually happened. Uh, an angry father stormed into a Target store in the US. Um, and he was saying, are you trying to get my 16-year-old daughter pregnant, sending her all these ads about um you know, baby products and things that expecting mothers would uh, normally go by. So it turns out the father didn't know his daughter was already pregnant uh, and yeah. she had been looking at various baby-related products. And so Target were going, okay, you're looking at that stuff, we'll send you more. So Target knew, Target knew the daughter the was pregnant before the father did. Yeah, awkward, awkward, awkward. Yeah, Very awkward. Um, yes, I remember that case. Now that you've um, mentioned it, it reminded me of that. Okay, so and, and you can never, even if it feels like a benign kind of thing, like you know, pregnancy, fertility, it's sort of nice and um, you know, sort of lovely and wonderful and all that sort of stuff. But again, um, in fact, it, it could be that those areas are where um, you're most likely to give up crucial data because you just you, not you think. It's, yeah, you think it's not that important. Yeah. Um, like a couple of other apps, Flow and Natural Cycles, they say they keep your data for three years, but they don't even delete it. They say they anonymize it. Well, don't let that be a source of comfort because it's been proven many times before that anonymized data, i.e. it's got your identity information stripped from it, can be recompiled to yep. uh, narrow down to you specifically or very close to you. Yeah. So... Um, the report says specifically, do not use uh, Clue, Flow Health, My Calendar, or Period Calendar, Period Tracking Pregnancy Plus, and Woman Log. Okay, I won't. <laughs> yeah, neither. But yeah. if if you are using an Android phone, you've got uh, alternatives. So because from that app, from on an Android phone, you can install the F Droid app yep. store, and in there, I had a, I had a quick poke around yep. and there were three there one was called blue moon another one was called periodical and the final one bit of an unfortunate name 
It's called Drip Menstrual Cycle and Facility Tracking, and it's published by the Bloody Health Collective. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Wow. Um, so go, go and check those out because um, you can still have your app and use it. Yeah. But, but just be mindful of um, what you're signing up to because a lot of privacy policies absolutely suck. No one reads them because they're long and complicated. Yeah, and on, purpose. On, on purpose. On purpose. They can still say, hey, but we had all – we listed all out, you know. If you don't read it, it's not our problem. Yeah, plausible deniability. And 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 you know, there's the usual there's the usual um, drivel of, you know, we never sell your data, but well, hang on, the database or the entire app can be sold to companies, and yeah. those different companies can have different business practices and motivations, being different countries which have different privacy laws. Yeah. Okay, then fascinating as always. I think we've covered everything. Thank you, Stephen. Good to see you again. Good to chat again, and we'll do it all again in a week's time next Tuesday. Sounds good. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Thank you for tuning in to RCR, Reality Check Radio. If you like what you're listening to or dislike what you're listening to, either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057, that's 2057, or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you, so connect with us today.